in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy. And I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love. And let's just jump straight into it. Well, we are yet another podcast into the year. And as we start year three on my podcast, uh, I'm doing this from my wife's uncle and auntie's house. We've moved house yet again on our journey to living in WA, but we're one step closer now. Tomorrow, um, meaning Monday, as you will hear this, so the day that you are listening to this, uh, we are picking up the keys to our new house and we should be, fingers crossed, be getting all of our belongings from Melbourne, should be arriving here on the 22nd. And so I think that's the Friday. And so fingers crossed we're able to try and move into our new place completely on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because Amy actually starts work on the Monday or Tuesday, one or the other day. So fingers crossed we can be in our new place um, and set up. But um, we've just moved out of my auntie and uncle's house and into Amy's auntie and uncle's house. And so we're playing musical chairs with houses at the moment as we finally get to settle into our new place. But um, we're one step closer, almost there. So... Um, for everyone who's followed along on that journey, um, hope you've been enjoying the documentation of that. And um, yeah, as I said, we're one step closer. So we said goodbye to Amy's parents who have been here for the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, they also got caught up in the isolation as well. And so we didn't get to see much of them. But the last couple of days, we've had a pretty exhaustive few days kind of seeing them and seeing family and really getting ourselves around and make sure that we say our goodbyes and spend as much time as we can with them until they do fly out early tomorrow. But um Guys, as you've probably seen from the title of the podcast, it's not what we're here to talk about. We're getting right back onto the topics that this podcast is meant to be about. I know I've documented quite a bit of the journey and done some things with Amy and whatnot about our move to Perth. And uh, if you haven't enjoyed any of that, I apologize uh, if it's not what you've uh, normally come to this podcast for. But let's just jump into the new year and let's really kind of get this podcast back on track of what it's all always been about. And that's fasting, fat loss, fitness, and food. And today... I'm going to kind of basically touch on all of those topics and as the title of this podcast said, how to structure a long-term fat loss plan, what I wanted to basically do is is kind of go through my mental picture and how I would normally set up a plan for someone who's coming onto me as a coach to help them with uh, their journey. Mostly I'm kind of coming from the mindset of this is going to be a long-term journey and I know in the show notes below I said that this plan that I'm talking about could be used for anyone looking to lose from five kilos to 50 kilos plus. And the methods and methodologies, I guess, that I'll talk about here and the practices could absolutely be implemented for someone who might be just coming in and losing a few extra kilos and trying to you know, find their way back into a healthy um, state of mind, a uh, healthy state of body and getting themselves into a place where they're feeling fit and healthy and doing those habits that they may have lost that uh, have you know, steered them away from living that healthy life that they're after, but mostly this is going to be for people who are coming for a more longer-term plan in that how does someone like myself, if someone comes to me and says, Adam, I've got 20 or 30 kilos plus to lose, 
uh, how do I structure that term, you know, that kind of plan to help someone lose that kind of weight and beyond and do it in a sustainable way and an enjoyable way and something that's going to help them instill habits over the long term that's going to help them you know, maintain that lifestyle for the rest of their lives as well as the most important part, and that's what we're going to touch on in this podcast, is how do we help someone maintain as much lean muscle along that journey to help them keep that lean muscle and make the maintenance of that weight loss as sustainable as possible long-term. And this is the big key because shows like The Biggest Loser and any of those aggressive fat loss programs and things that are out there these days, and undoubtedly you've been bombarded by those kinds of programs and those kind of promises, you know, six-week six shred abs or eight weeks to fat loss and all these kinds of things that, you know, you've been bombarded by, you know, the fitness gurus and fitness influencers out there at the moment promising huge results in a really short period of time. And absolutely, you can get those results in a very short period of time, but what you're going to be sacrificing is lean muscle. What you're going to be sacrificing is a way of life and it's going to be miserable. And the back end of that is, and probably more of, more of you than not have experienced in that that yo-yo effect of you just crash diet, you do something massively unsustainable, you lose a ton of weight, but most of that weight is actually water loss, muscle loss, and some fat loss. I'd much rather us take a much longer approach, and this is the approach I take, in making it much more sustainable, much more fat loss, and far less muscle loss and you know associating um, loss that has nothing to do with actual fat loss, not just looking at the numbers on the scale and actually looking at a heap of different parameters in fat loss with regards to your body measurements, how clothes fit, how you feel, how you sleep, how you perform in your exercise routines, all of these other factors that play so much more importance on the long-term health and longevity of your life than just being able to say, oh, look, my scale is now down 10 kilos in 10 weeks. You know, that must mean I've been successful. But when we actually break it down, have you been that successful? Because what you've been doing, has it been sustainable? Have you been out of sleep? Have you been able to live your life? Have the food you've been eating been things that you would normally include in your life? Or have you excluded a heap of different things out of your life? So let's kind of, the, I guess, the preface, 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 you know, preface to this podcast, whatever that word is, um, and let's now actually dive straight into it. And I guess starting off from the outset is that I have so many people tell me, and I hear it all the time, and I see it all the time, and people use the, I guess, the wrong language in that they say, I have no idea where to start. I don't know how to lose fat. I don't know how to you know, actually get going. The fact is, is that if most of you think about any fat loss journey that you've been on, you've probably lost weight. So the, the problem isn't actual weight loss. The problem is sustainable weight loss and actually keeping that off. Knowing how to keep it off is the key part. Because as I said, we all know how to lose weight because you've probably lost weight in the past, but you've probably done it in ways that have been completely unsustainable because you've been sold some lie that you must get rid of carbs, you can't have sugar, you must quit alcohol, you must be vegan, you can't have gluten, you can't have whatever it might have been. You've been sold a lie because that person that sold you that program or that eating plan or whatever it might be that you ended up buying They've sold you marketing 101 is that they create an enemy. You know, it might be carbs are what keep you fat. 
now here's my program that's anti-carbs and it's going to help you lose weight. Or meat and eating meat is terrible for your health. So here's my vegan plan. It's Marketing 101 and it's used all the time and while it might suck you into buying that program and help make that person who's selling it some money, at the end of the day, it's not helping you because it's doing nothing but confusing you and making you believe that, well, if I cut all carbs out, here's a plan that's got no carbs in it and you see results on that, but then it's completely unsustainable and then you feel like you messed up because you might have had a night where you had some bread again, you saw the scales go up the next day and you go, oh, well, I've ruined the whole plan, so what's the point? I'm now just uh, jumping off this and you have this very black and white, 100% in or 100% out type mentality that unless I'm sitting to this particular plan 100% and if I, you know, I have a single carb or I eat animal products or I have gluten or whatever it is that um, you know, they've made you cut out, if you even have a little bit and go off that plan, you see you know, a negative result happen on the scale, you then feel like you've completely failed, which is just not the case. And so I want to move you away from this black and white mentality move you away from this all or nothing mentality. And I'm going to hammer this as I always have in my social medias and my email list and everything like that that I talk about day in and day out is that I want to get you into your head the idea of consistency over perfection. At the end of the day, calories in versus calories out is what helps you lose weight. Now, if you are in a calorie deficit, by what I mean is that you're eating less than the energy required by your body in a day-to-day basis. And that includes all of the energy requirements, not only your basal metabolic rate, just the energy required to keep you alive, keep your heart beating, keep your brain thinking, keep your digestive going, all of those kind of things, but also the thermic effect of food, the amount you move, uh, your exercise that you do. Now, I've spoken about uh, this uh, in other podcast. And so if you want to go and have a listen to those, I think I talked about it a lot more in depth in regards to NEAT. I think I talked about it in that podcast. So I can't remember what I called, but I think it was you know something around the lines of, um, let me tell you everything about NEAT and why you need to know about it or something like that. But go and listen to that podcast. It goes into much more detail on breaking down your total daily energy expenditure and what it's made up of and how you can then make that energy balance work in your favor to help you be in a calorie deficit and obviously lose weight. But I'm not going to go over that again today because it would take up the entire podcast and I've done one on it before. But at the end of the day, you need to eat less energy than you put out uh, in your day and that your body requires per day. And if you can do that and do it consistently, you will lose weight. Now, people who argue against this idea say, well, are you then saying that you should just eat nothing but Twinkies and never have good quality food like fruits and vegetables? No, dickhead, no one in their life or no good coach out there is ever going to sit there and say that you should only eat chocolates, Twinkies and sugar just because I'm saying calories in, calories out and that calories are the most important factor. Absolutely, the quality of the food that you eat must be first and foremost as an importance. But what I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be the only thing that you keep in mind. Now, if your diet is mostly made up of fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, be that animal product or plant-based, your choice, whatever you want to go for, and you can then have some calories left over that you go, you know what, I've had a really good day. I've eaten really well, but I've got an extra couple of hundred calories over. And I'm like, geez, I love chocolate. And so I can make it my favorite bar of chocolate fit into that. So I'm going to have that. 
that's where the mentality of calories in are the, the most important factors and calories in versus calories out. No, you shouldn't be eating. We all know that we shouldn't be eating chocolate at every single meal and that every single bit of the calories we eat from should become from highly processed, highly paddable, high fat, high carb based foods. They should be coming from, as I said, fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, grains are no problems. You know, if you're having muesli, bread, passes, rices, you know, some of the best, uh, sorry, I should say some of the healthiest populations in the world, you know, the blue zones that we always hear about, people in Japan as well, they've got a high proponent of their diet is made up of white rice and they've got very low incidence of type 2 diabetes. They're very healthy weight. They live some of the longest lives in the world. And so to sit here and say that grains are bad for you, white rice is bad for you, shouldn't have pasta, it's just absolute garbage. And so don't listen to people telling you uh, that fact. But again, if you're not someone who enjoys white rice, it's not something that you like, and you prefer to have more of your foods come from higher fat-based foods, be that salmon, olive oil, nuts, and things like that, then absolutely have less carbohydrates in your diet and more fats in your diet. But at the end of the day, calories are the most important factor. And if you're placing a big focus on the quality of food that you have, while also enjoying your life along the same time, and I have a great saying that always resonates with people in that, yes, you should have foods that fuel your body, but you should absolutely, and make them the most important part, but you should absolutely have foods that fuel your soul. And what I mean by that is the foods that just make you genuinely happy. You're not sitting there going, geez, what's the nutritional value of this beer or this croissant that I'm having or this chocolate bar or my, my I'm going around to mum and dad's house and mum always bakes us her famous chocolate fudge triple chop brownies. And you go, well, I'm not going to have them because they don't fit my um, diet. And Adam, you know, this guru said that I should only ever have clean, unprocessed foods. No. Yes, make most of your diet full of those you know, great foods that fuel your body and make your body operate at its best and make you feel great, but also have those things that help fuel your soul, that make you feel happy, that you just, you just, you know, it might bring up memories of a childhood or when you used to have those family trips or, you know, your best mates, you're going out on a Friday night and you want to have a couple of beers with them. Absolutely do that. And, you know, depending on where you are in that journey, and I'll say this with my clients as well, depending on where they are, if, if you're Bob and you're coming to me as 70 kilos overweight, then we're going to have to be a little bit more strict on that because let's be honest, Bob, you've had a life that's been full of gluttony. You've eaten you know, far in excess and you've probably had a life full of the, all the foods that you really do love and fuel your, um, fuel your soul and you've neglected eating the foods that fuel your body. So we're going to have to be a bit more strict. Maybe you can't go out as often uh, with your friends in the beginning if you try and get your health and um, well-being journey back on track. But if you're someone that has been on a journey for a while and you've seen some great results and you're five or six, you know, five or ten kilos away from your goal weight, you're in a completely different position than Bob just starting out who's 70 kilos away from his goal um, weight. So again, context matters and where you are in your journey absolutely matters. Are you coming from a very active base? Are you someone who exercises multiple times a week? Are you someone also participates in other healthy aspects, uh, sorry, healthy activities uh, in your life. And this is where, again, people get very dogmatic in their beliefs in that the health at any size movement that says we should be only focused on, you know, living healthy and happy, um, you know, actions that help promote healthy and, healthy and active life and living 
you know, it should never be about the scale weight. I completely disagree with him in that if someone's 70 kilos overweight, we need to get their weight down. If they're coming to me and engaging with me and asking for that help, then I obviously offer that help. No, that doesn't mean I look at someone who's 70 kilos and go and point at them and say, you need to lose weight, get off the scale. What someone does and what you listening to this and where you are in the journey, what you do and where you are at is completely up to you and no one has the right to tell you what to do. But if you want to make a change and you want to feel a bit healthier and happier, we should absolutely, as that movement of healthy at any size promotes, we should absolutely be promoting plenty of healthy you know, actions in your life. And they're not just about eating less and losing weight. That can absolutely be. Are you in a, a really unhealthy relationship with the partner you're at? You know, it's, it's an abusive relationship or it's um, a toxic relationship. Someone who puts you down all the time and makes you feel that you're worthless and that you're not worth putting time and energy into. Maybe it's time to say goodbye to that, that relationship and that's going to be a healthy action in your life that's then going to help see you blossom and help you feel at your best that then you'll then be ready to take on exercise, take on eating better, take on you know doing other things that are going to help you in your uh, lifestyle. Look at your job, your stress, your sleep, your daily movements, all of these other factors that play into you living a healthy life that have nothing to do with the scale weight, absolutely should form the you know, entire package that is you know, your journey on this. And this is, if someone's coming to me and um, you know, looking to hire me uh, as their coach to help them achieve their goals, these are all things that I do when I'm working one-on-one with a client. And when we're in my five in 10 program as well, these are definitely goals and focus points that we have along the journey throughout the 10 weeks of my program. And um, obviously it's, uh, it's much, Simplified is not the word because I think my 5 in 10 program is uh, incredibly detailed, but I do it in a much more simplified way because obviously it's a group-based program. But when we're doing it one-on-one and you're coming to me as a, as a, uh, a client in a one-on-one, we get very deep, we get very uh, open and honest and you know, we, I try and create a very trusting environment that we can ter- talk very openly and honest, honestly about well, what's held you back in the past why have you made the decisions you have that have directed you to where you are? And I've got a, um, a YouTube channel that I watch, and I, a couple of car YouTube channels, and one of them, um, his name is The Stradman, and he, just, he loves uh, Ferraris and things like that, and there's a type of Ferrari that has the word Strad in That's why he's called Stradman. It's not any importance to what I'm talking about now, but he has a quote in that and saying that he says that every single decision has led me to this particular moment in time. And yeah, he might be picking up his latest and greatest, you know, um, supercar, and you know, he's just spent a million dollars on a, a Lamborghini Veyron, uh, sorry, a Bugatti Veyron. You know, he was five years ago, he was broke and homeless and living out of the back of his car. Five years later, he's now buying a million dollar hypercar. And he, when he was picking it up, he used that saying again, that in every single decision and action that he has made over the last five years and in his entire life has led him to this particular moment in time. In that, and that saying resonates so well with me, and I hope it does with you and how I explain it, is that take ownership of where you are. If you are not where you want to be, it's not because the government is holding you back. It's not because you know, your boss is an asshole. It's not because you're in a job that you hate. You have absolute ownership and power over every action you take and the direction that your life leads. You can sit there and blame the rest of the world all you like, but at the end of the day, you can take control tomorrow and take a different action if you don't like where you are at right now. Sure, there's going to be people that listen to you complain, 
but they tend to be people who complain as well. And I'm sorry to say, but I want I get myself away from those kinds of people as best as I can. I want to be around people who lift me up, that help bring positivity to my, positivity to my life, and help me become a better version of me. And then that helps me be the best version that I can be to make sure that I'm living my best life and most positive life, that I hopefully exude that positivity uh, to people around me and that they feed off that energy as well. I don't want to bring negativity into my life or people that do nothing but sit there and complain. Now, I'm okay about people complaining if they then take action against where they're at. So you can sit there and go, you know what? I really hate the way I feel. Okay, cool, Bob. What are we going to do about it? Well, tomorrow, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to get active. I'm going to start taking care of my food. I'm going to make an action plan. And you move forward from there. If Bob then gets up the next day and goes, I hate the way I feel. What are you doing about it, Bob? I don't know. There's nothing I can do. What's the point in even trying? That's the kind of person that will, if you're not even going to bother trying, you're not going to look for help. You're not going to ask for help. You're not going to try and help yourself in any particular way. Then, you know, I don't want to be around that um, type of person and I do everything I can to be around those get away from those negative people that do nothing about trying to make um, you know, their current situation better. And that's not to say you're not going to fail along the way. Absolutely you're going to fail and you're going to get frustrated and it's going to be, um, it's going to be hard. But cool, it, appreciate that, deal with that, and then what's the next move? It didn't work out that particular way. Okay, How else could you make it work? And so being around, and this just all ties back into what I was saying before, is there's so many aspects of living a happy and healthy life. And one of the big ones is, you know, the environment that you are in is trying to make it as positive as you possibly can. And as I said, if that's people or a job or a relationship or just where you are at in life that is bringing you down and holding back, holding you back from doing what you want to do in life and being the person that you always uh, were meant to be, then get out of it and change that situation. And again, this is something I talk about heavily with my clients in that, you know, let's pull apart where you're at and what's holding you back. And while I say there's other people in your life that could be toxic and let's get rid of them, at the end of the day, you're the person that's in control. And again, this brings it full circle in me saying that you are in complete power and complete control of the actions that you take. And if you're not where you're at, then start taking different actions so you can be uh, starting to steer in the right direction. And that's, I guess, where I start as a very, I know that's taken me 20 minutes to get there, but if you come on as a one-on-one client or if you're listening to this now and you're starting to say, okay, Adam, I came to this podcast because I want to hear how you structure a long-term fat, fat loss plan, the cornerstone and you know, go back to the three little piggies and building a house full of bricks so it's going to stand for the lifetime. If you don't get all of these things and set those foundations for you, sure, I can sit there and just uh, help you with your dietary plan and your exercise plan. We can do all those fluffy things at the end of the end of that building process that will give you some short results. But there isn't the foundations that's sitting behind there and that you know we get all that sorted and we see some weight loss and you start seeing some positivity, but then you're going home to a toxic relationship and a partner that sits there and goes, what's the point in even trying? You, you're going to fail anyway. Or going to a job where all of the people at that job are sitting there going, oh, what's the point? What's the even trying? You know you're going to fail and you're not worth anything anyway. Or you're just around those negative environments. Then it's going to be near impossible for you to continue up that process. So we have to set that foundation. And you listening to this now is make sure that the environment that you're in and the life that you're living, the actions that you are taking are helping set that foundation to allow you to actually make the changes and implement some of these factors that I'll talk about in a second 
and make them sustainable for you to be able to do and you can believe that you can keep doing them for the rest of life and that you believe you're worth that time and energy to put into you to help make these changes and you know so many times I hear it from uh, clients in that they've been told their whole lives that you know they're not worth anything they're not worth uh, the energy the time that it's going to take to actually take care of themselves and so they begin to believe it and it's as my as a coach it's up to me to help talk them through that and then make them believe again that one they can achieve um, the goals that they're after and then number two help facilitate that and help them start to understand that no they are worth this they are worth the time and energy that this is going to take a long time it's going to be a lot of hard work and that hard work is going to be worth it the outcomes are going to be there if they stick with it and that the journey that they're going on is something that they can do and can sustainably do and Again, once we've set all of those foundations and you're now in a, in a mind state, I think that's also very, very um, important and that you're in a healthy mind state that now you go, you know what, I've set those foundations, I'm really ready to go, I put myself in a positive position, I'm getting good sleep, I'm feeling far less stressed, I'm in a good place at work, I've got a partner by my side or I've left them and now I'm on my own. I actually feel much more empowered being on my own and now it's time to take care of myself or all of those kind of parameters. Once they're all locked in and you're really in a good place that now you can launch forward and I, I know I'm being full of analogies here and, uh, today but another one I really, I really loved the other day I heard, I can't remember who it was but someone was saying that think of yourself like a slingshot in that Yes, you might be pulling back at the moment. You're seeing everyone else fling off in front of you because they've only pulled themselves a little bit and they're just shooting forward. They're shooting forward, but they're only going to shoot forward a little bit. You're just pulling back on that slingshot. You're pulling back. You're setting up. You're pulling back. You're getting yourself really tight, really taut in that uh, slingshot. And yes, you're, you might feel like you're taking a couple of steps backwards because you left that you know, big a big one is that you left that comfortable job that was paying you six figures every year, but it was making you absolutely miserable. So you left that job to go and chase your dreams of becoming an artist. For the next six, you know, 18 months or so, you're not earning any money, but you're painting again. You feel passion, passionate, but because of all the money that you are able to save when you were in that miserable job with that money, you're in a position to maybe be able to take that um, time away. But you see your friends and your family and everyone around you still moving forward while you're moving in quote backwards but you're just pulling on that slingshot, pulling, getting yourself ready to just launch forward. And at some point, that slingshot's really taut. And you feel like, oh my God, I'm so far behind everyone. Look how far I've stepped in quote backwards. But really, you were just getting ready to now, bang, you let go and that slingshot just launches you forward. And you know it might take six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, but pull on that slingshot. Keep pulling yourself back. Get yourself in the best possible position to then just absolutely launch yourself forward and see yourself soar into the absolute stratosphere and be happier and achieve things that you might never have ever thought possible. And you know, I, I said it from a very early on, you know, from the early days of me starting my business that I would retire before the age of 40. I said it time and time and time again. And when I said retire, I didn't mean going to Florida and sitting in a retirement home, but I would get away from the the in quote rat race of just being having to having to show up every single day, you know nine to five or you know the, the as I said the typical rat race and kind of being in amongst it day in and day out and you know, my my parents did people around me did everyone always told me that 
you can't retire at the age of 40. What do you mean? You have to, the, the world we live in, you gotta, you buy the house, you then work until you retire and then you, you set yourself up for retirement and that's how you kind of go about it. But I, I had my absolute belief and I, now I'm 38 years of age and you know, due to the last year and the last 15 years of absolutely busting my ass for 15 hours a day, six to seven days a week, where I was just pulling back, pulling back, pulling back, pulling back. I've paid myself barely, barely anything over the last year so I can keep my business going and you know, use some of that money that would have been nice to have as my wage, but use some of that money as marketing or trialing different things, building a different website, trialing a different program, different things that are spending, you know, you know, investing, I should say, not spending, but investing um, in on my education as well, going to conferences and traveling to different things like that. And you know, I saw so many of my friends earning more, moving forward, buying homes, getting forward. And you know, I'm just stepping back, stepping back, stepping back, just ready to launch myself. And you know, I'm very lucky to have incredibly supportive friends and family. And while I said, my parents said to me that you know, you'll never be able to retire at the age of 40, they've never once you know, given me any reason not to um, feel empowered. They're very supportive um, parents. And as I said, my friends have been as well. And I've never been made to feel belittled by the fact that I don't own a home and that we still rent and that you know, I still pay myself a very um, small wage in comparison to the amount of time and energy and effort that I put into it. But this last year, I've kept on pulling back, kept on pulling back, kept on pulling back. And now here I am, we've moved to Perth and I'm in quote retired now. You know, I, I'm working in front of a laptop now and this is now my office. I don't need to be an in quote slave to the rat race anymore. I have my absolute flexibility of I can set clients up um, from a computer now. I've got some programs that I've been putting years of education into and time into and answering every single DM and going about everything I possibly can to now launch forward. And I've got a program that I do solemnly believe to the core of my heart that I think is one of the best programs in the world and has created a family and a community of incredible human beings that do nothing but support and encourage each other. And that program has grown in leaps and bounds far quicker than I ever thought it would. would. But if I look at it, it's actually taken me 15 years to get to a place where I can actually launch a program like that. And now I'm letting go of that slingshot. I'm letting myself absolutely fly into um, the future and I feel so um, you know, enthusiastic about what the future holds and that I now get to be the stay-at-home dad with my girls while Amy now starts pulling backwards on that slingshot. You know, She's going right back to the very beginning. She's going in entry-level mining geologist a job that she was doing five years ago and that colleagues in her industry when she left that industry to come and uh, have kids have all now become you know, senior level um, geologists in those, um, you know, in those different mine, mines that she was in and things like that. But now, and now it's her turn. Now she's going to start pulling back on that slingshot to just launch herself into the, into the future. But again, it's, as I said, I'm becoming the house husband. I'm going to be home taking care of the girls and I can spend that quality time with them. But it's taken me 15 years of pulling back on a slingshot to allow that position to happen. And that's just what I want you to get your head around in that I say in the title of this podcast, I, I said it for a very um, uh, clear reason in that the long-term fat loss plan. Now, I know I've gone off topic and I'm not necessarily talking about fat loss at the moment, but it's about a long-term plan in that if you're looking for that short-term fix, that quick fix, be it 
a quick financial fix or a quick fat loss fix, it's gonna never be built on foundations that are gonna stand the test of time and allow you to actually spring spring box yourself forwards. Is that I just want you to hold out. Just keep pulling back on that slingshot. Pull back, pull back. Let everyone go past you, knowing that at some point, you're going to be ready to absolutely let go of that slingshot and just rocket yourself past everyone that was taking the quick fixes and trying to get to the finish line as quick as they can. You've got the rest of your life. There's no need to hurry to some imaginary finish line tomorrow. And it comes. it's the exact same analogy when it comes to fat loss in that instead of just kind of trying to spring yourself forward and get to some imaginary finish line now, take a step back. It might feel like you're going backwards because you're not actually seeing any results on the scales, but you're just setting yourself up. You're pulling on that slingshot again. You're setting yourself up. You're setting those foundations. You're getting yourself in a really healthy and happy place in your mind and in your body to then, and this is the last part of the um, podcast, is that to actually implement the, the... the actual factors that will then see the weight come off and see you become fitter and actually help your blood markers if you were to go to a doctor. You're coming from a doctor who said, you know, you really need to take care of your health and they're saying, you know, your, your blood sugar readings off the scale, your, um, when you're looking at your stress hormone, your cortisol's all through the roof. When you're looking at um, those kind of blood markers that, you know, doctors will say, you are unhealthy, well, how can we make those blood markers in a place where your doctor says you are now healthy or in the, you know, in the healthy range? You've got to set those foundations and then the things that you then need to do. And again, this is, I'll start talking about this with clients, but the very, very, very beginning, there's a lot more talking about let's getting you ready and setting up those foundations. And you need to do that as well. And then once you've got that all going, okay, now let's talk about the fundamentals. And I call them my four pillars uh, of fat loss and health in that we've got to look at calories. So you've got to start tracking your food. And people can sit there and tell me time and time and time again if they like, and I hear it all the time in that that's just obsessive. It leads to eating disorders. No, it can, and there's a very small minority of people that it might. But for the vast majority of people, just like if you came to a financial planner and said, we're in debt, we need to get out of debt, how do we go about it? The financial planner is going to sit there and go, cool, we need to do a P&L for you. We need to know where are you spending your money? Where are the money coming in? Let's now start making that money coming in more than the money going out so we can start saving and paying down that debt and getting you moving forward in your financial life. No one sit there and say, well, that's very obsessive. That's going to lead to um, some sort of disorder in regards to counting numbers with um, your money. No one's ever going to sit there and they'd say, that's a very smart thing to do. If you need to get your money in order, you need to kind of track your expenses. Absolutely, that makes sense. Exactly the same when it comes to your food and your energy intake. If you have no idea what you're eating, then how do you have any idea how to move forward? So, for the vast majority of my clients that come on board with me, it's let's start tracking your food. Let's start understanding what's in the food you're eating, how many calories you're consuming. So then we can actually see, well there, John, you're eating two and a half thousand calories. And really for me to get you into a calorie deficit, I need you to around the 2000 calorie mark. So we need to drop 500 calories from your day every single day. How are we gonna do that? Well, we could chop this, we could chop that. We can actually start laying a plan that's gonna help John And you, when you start tracking, you can then start seeing where to begin to actually start moving forward and get some meaningful data to actually move forward with to allow you to see that progress moving forward. So now you've got your calories in, check. You're now starting to actually look at those. The next big step forward that we're going to do, you have to start talking and looking at your sleep. Now, I know I said that at the beginning that was going to be part of the foundations. 
But I think it, I know calorie deficit is the most important factor, but looking at your sleep and making sure your sleep is seven to nine hours every single day, you're getting quality sleep, you're going at a good time, you're waking up early, you're getting productive when you wake up, whether that physically productive or mentally productive, whatever it might be, you've got to set up that routine. So it's every single day, our body craves routine. So for me, the reason why people feel so shit, I believe, on a Monday morning is because they have a very regimented routine from Monday to Friday, but they come on the weekend, they throw it all out the door, whether that's sleeping in hours beyond where they would normally do getting up uh, during the week, or they completely throw their eating habits out the door and it's um, they're not even taking any consideration or looking at that whatsoever, or they're just not doing any movement or exercise whatsoever. They're going, you know what, I had a really busy week, I was on my feet all week, I'm just going to do absolutely nothing all weekend. I think it's the biggest, the biggest mistake that people make, and I said why people feel like trash come Monday mornings is because they've gotten out of that routine. Our bodies crave routine. Now, I've just put my 5 in 10 program who are on week two as I'm airing this. Uh, on this, I'm recording it on the 17th of January, but it'll come out on the 18th of January. But it's week two for the 5 in 10 program. We talk about sleep, and I talk about the 5 a.m. club, getting up at 5 a.m. every single day and making that first hour as productive as you possibly can. Get up. Go and do some sort of meditation or walk around the block or get yourself physically active, get your mind moving. Maybe go and empty out some of your email inbox because that's something that always stresses you throughout the day. Maybe you can punch out and you can answer 20, 30 emails before you've even started the day. Get you really in a positive mind um, state of mind from there, whatever it might be. But 5 a.m. every single day, get up and get productive and start doing things and then get your day going. And at the back end of that, really setting yourself up to have a really good night's sleep shutting down the phone early, you know, maybe doing some meditation, some stretches, some foam rolling. I've talked about all of these things before on how to have a really good night's sleep. It's setting yourself up to be in the best state of mind to have a good sleep. If you're going to bed, just you've just finished a really stressful email that you had to um, get to your boss or you've just finished this crazy report and you've just closed the door and now you're trying to go to sleep, your mind's still going to be racing. You haven't you know, unloaded that stress from the day. So getting yourself set up for a good night's sleep and getting up and getting productive the next day Fundamental, as I said, is pillar number two on my four pillars of fat loss and um, and health. Pillar number three, it chop and changes where I put number three and what put number four, but they're both uh, very important. Is that you got to look at moving more and increasing your need. Now, movement and exercise, I tend to put in one. So choose how you move your body. There's not one way that's better than the other. And if you come and I again, I get questions all the time of people say, Adam, should I do hit or should I do lists? Should I do CrossFit or should I do F45? Should I go to the gym or should I just do workouts at home? I don't care. Just move and do some sort of exercise that you enjoy. If you're someone that loves getting outdoors and going for a run, then go for a run. You like enjoy being in a you know in a group and tribal based environment where you're really kind of as a team, then go and do CrossFit. If you like just going to the gym and putting it on your headphones and pumping out some weights, then go to the gym and listen to your headphones and pump out some weights. Whatever you want to do, just move and do some exercise as much as you can, as often as you can. And I don't care how you take that. You can take that as, cool, well, I could probably do three days a week. Or you go, you know what, I'm going to do seven days a week. Again, I don't care. Just move more and exercise more. And then the second part to that is the NEAT. In that get your steps up. The easiest way you can do it is get yourself uh, a step counter or a watch that counts your, um, your steps and put a number, or like maybe track it for a week just to see where, your average steps are per day, and then try and do more. And then in a month's time, see where you're at on an average per day, try and do more again. You know, 
you hear me, I, I say it all the time, you hear people say all the time, doing 10,000 steps a day. Now, if you're someone that might be 65 years of age, you've just had two knee replacements, maybe 10,000 steps is not even close to where you're at. But maybe if you started um, recording how many steps you're doing a day and you're at 1,000 steps a day, maybe aim for 1,500 or 2,000 steps. Maybe that's where you start at. Again, I don't care, but just do more than you are now because most of us could, and everyone listening to this now, is probably in a place where they could probably move and do more steps in a day than they probably are at the moment. Now, yes, there's probably a small percentage. Adam, I do 22,000 steps every day. I'm on my feet all day. Okay, then don't listen to this part of the um, uh, podcast. It's probably not talking to you. But there's a lot of people that could probably be doing more steps. And if you started tracking it, you're probably averaging out you know, two or 3,000 steps a day. You absolutely could be doing more uh, than that. So number three, move more, as in exercise more, and get your knee up. Steps. Do more steps per day. And the fourth pillar is you've got to start looking at protein. And I talked about this right at the start in that helping you maintain as much lean muscle mass. And that's going to come from the protein that you eat. Now, I am an absolute case in point in that this entire last 2020, I've barely lifted a weight. Now, my entire life, I can't say my entire life, but pretty much since I was 16, 17 years of age, I'm now 38. So for good 20 years straight, I've been lifting weights. I've built a really good base of lean muscle mass to my body. Now, for the last year, I've basically done no weights at all. I did a lot more running last year. I ran over 1,300 kilometers, I think it was, last year. Did a lot more, focused a lot more on my running, but just I was forced to because all gyms were closed basically for the entire year. I had no access to a gym because of uh, coronavirus. And I'm certainly not holding as much lean muscle mass as I was, but it hasn't just disappeared from my body. The reason I say that is that you shouldn't be scared that your body is just going to leech lean muscle mass and you're just going to wither away if you're not doing weights and you're, um, you're not you know, being actively fit, uh, actively moving and doing as much as you can. If you listen to what I just said in the you know, number three, movement's the key. So get up on your feet, get moving. So I did a lot more running. So I was up on my feet. I was doing things. I was with the girls, you know, lifting them, you know, playing with them and doing things like that. So I was definitely moving my body as much as I can. But what I always kept as a number four pillar is I always made sure I ate enough protein as consistently as I possibly can. Of course, there were days where I didn't, but as consistently as I could, I was eating as much, um, the amount of protein for my body that allowed me to maintain as much lean muscle mass as it possibly could. And where is that, you ask? Started a figure of about 1.5 grams per kilogram. For you listening in, if you're in the pounds, one one. Is it one gram per pound of body weight? Again, is probably a good place to start at. So if you're sitting there and saying, okay, Adam, I'm 100 kilos, what does that mean? Well, 1.5 grams per kilogram. So I'd be aiming around about 150 grams of protein per day. Now that's not, or is that 150 grams of chicken breast? If you start tracking your food, apps like MyFitnessPal will tell you how many grams of protein is in that food. It's the macronutrient part of that. And Again, I've done podcasts on this. I'm not going to go over that now. So just start tracking your food in my fitness power and go to the section where it breaks it down for you with your calories and the macronutrients. It'll say how many fat, carbs, how many fat, and how many protein in. Look at that protein number. Every single person that's ever come to me as a client is always well under their amount of protein that they should be eating. So start tracking it, see where you're at, and see how you can lift that protein up. And again, that can come from animal products. That can come from plant-based products. It can also come from supplements and too many females these days 
are just far too scared of drinking protein shakes for this fear that they're just going to turn into muscle building um, machines. It's not the case. You need protein to help maintain your lean muscle mass. You don't have the building blocks like men do to put on lean muscle very easily. So just having enough protein is going to help you maintain the lean muscle you have. If you want to gain lean muscle, you have to be in the gym multiple times a week. You need to be eating a ton of food, a ton of protein. So just understand that it's very difficult for you. If you're a female and listening to this now and you're trying to lose weight, it's almost impossible for you to gain huge amounts of lean muscle mass, but you can maintain that lean muscle mass and that is crucial to your longevity of your health, but also helping you with the fat loss process. And so absolutely, be on target with your male or female, be on target of hitting your protein target per day as consistently as you can. And as I said, that's around about the figure of 1.5 grams per kilogram or a run around one gram per pound um, of um, weight, depending on what, however you measure weight. So they're the four pillars of fat loss that I talk about. If you're a one-on-one client of mine or if you're in the five in 10 fat loss program that I use, but as you're listening to this now, You've gone and you've heard the start of this podcast where I was talking about setting up those foundations. You've set up those foundations. Now you're in a really good place, a positive place, a happy place, and a place where you feel that you can now implement these four pillars of fat loss and health. Calories in versus calories out. Start tracking your food. Get your sleep in order. Move more and get more steps and exercise as often as you can. And then look at your protein intake and make sure you're getting adequate protein. If you can do all of those things and do them consistently, eat foods that fuel your body but fuel your soul as well, do exercise that you enjoy, not just because Bob uh, from the gym says this is the way you have to do it or if you read some article on Facebook that Susie from Accounting shared that said this is the only exercise you can do, just move more, do exercise that you enjoy, eat foods that help fuel your body as well as foods that help fuel your soul, get adequate sleep, get adequate protein and I promise you, this structure is what I do with my clients. I keep it as simple as possible for them to implement this over the long term, whether that's two months, six months, 12 months, or I've had clients who have been with me for years and we're implementing these processes over years and years and years so that these just become a fundamental to their life and that every single day waking up is a routine that they attend to as often as consistently as they possibly can that helps them live their happiest healthiest and most successful life and if you take what I've said today and you implement them as well over the long term you know you don't have to go and do everything tomorrow maybe you just focus on the first uh, pillar that I was talking about and that's the calories in versus calories out while you're trying to set those foundations really get yourself in a, a happy and healthy place you might be doing that for the next six months great take your time do it slowly but keep doing something taking action as I said from the very beginning I will not sit there and let you complain if you're not then taking action that's actually going to move you forward to help you move away from the thing that you're complaining about. So start taking ownership of what you're doing, the actions you're taking, or lack thereof actions that you're taking, and actually start doing something and implementing what I've just talked about today to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. And so I really hope this podcast has been of value to you, and I hope I've been able to provide you know, a roundabout way of how I structure a long-term fat loss plan and mentality for someone going into a very long term. But again, if this is something that you know you just want to lose five 
uh, five to 10 kilos. It's something that you know you just want to start implementing to get back into a healthy mindset and a healthy um, physical place as well. Then these are absolutely things that you should be implementing as well to help you move forward. So yeah, I really hope this podcast has been of help to you. If it has, as always, guys, I'd love you just to take a screen um, capture of your phone, share it with me on um, your podcast, uh, on your Instagram page. You know, make sure you tag me in it so I know that um, you've enjoyed this po- um, podcast. Or maybe send me a quick DM and say, Adam, just listen to that podcast today. It was great. I'm going to start doing this. You know, I love hearing from you guys that you found it uh, of you know posit- um, positivity to you and it's helped you move forward. And if it has been, you know, if you could just spend 30 seconds, if you're listening to this on iTunes, just give it a five-star rating and a quick little positive review. It would really help me out and I, re- I would really appreciate it. But guys, that's been another episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I will be back next week and I should be, fingers crossed, in a new home by the time the next podcast comes up. But I hope you have a fantastic day. We'll talk again soon. I love you all. Bye. <laughs>